Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through our examination of the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 17, and we've looked at verses 14 through 21. And we're looking at the cross-references now because Mark has an account of this. In Mark 9, we looked at that in a previous episode. Now Luke has an account also in Luke chapter 9. And we'll start with verse 37. It says this, On the next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him, and the hymn's Jesus. And a man from the crowd shouted, saying, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only, my only boy. Now let me stop for a moment here. Um, when you look at the Gospels like this, you find out that each one will give uh, little insights, little nuances, little truths that the other one did not give. And I've talked about this several times in the past. It's not because the other ones were not inferior or that they're in error or any foolishness like that. No, no, no. Each gospel is written by a particular individual through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's written to a particular group with a particular agenda, okay, a particular purpose, a particular thing that's needing to be taught for that group and this uh, understanding for them. We put them all together to get the fullness of the counsel of the Word of God. I just find it intriguing right here that Luke says, hey, you know what? This was his only boy. This man's begging Jesus. And he says, look at my son, for he is my only boy. Then the man continues, verse 39. And a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams, and it throws him into a convulsion with foaming at the mouth. And only with great difficulty does it leave him, mauling him as it leaves. Wow. So let me just say something about that. You can see the intensity of the physical attack that comes against this young boy when this spirit seizes him. A couple of things interesting here. The spirit seizes him, okay? But then it, only with difficulty does it leave him. So does that mean that it, it totally leaves him? Well, in the moment he's about to say that <coughs> the disciples were not able to cast him out. So it's not that it leaves him, but it's the fact that it leaves him alone right here. And it's only with difficulty. How does that come about, I wonder? We're not really told right here. What is he saying that it's only with great difficulty we're able to calm him down? Okay. It says that it's mauling him as it leaves. Okay. It's breaking that maul literally means to break, to crush into pieces this young boy. So there's a physical intensity with this right here that I dare say most of us really have never considered about something like this. I mean, this is a very, very hard, difficult thing. So he, this father says, I beg you, teacher, that you do this. He continues, verse 40, I begged your disciples to cast it out, and they could not. And we've talked in the previous couple of episodes about how they must have felt about that, right, the disciples. And it's not so much that this man is throwing the disciples under the bus, He's flat out telling, hey, I, I begged and I asked your disciples to do this, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. So Jesus says this, and Jesus answered. Jesus responded. And his response is, 
you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Still, one of the harder statements to even read, much less to hear, much less to be on the receiving end, perhaps, from the Lord Jesus Christ. What I have to keep reminding myself is the truth that I know from the Word of God, and I know from the Father, and I know from the Son, that Jesus never sinned, that he never spoke anything out of turn, because he said he only spoke the things that the Father told him to speak. So here the Father is speaking through the Son, declaring to them that they're unbelieving, that they are from a perverted generation. That's not really too hard for us to even say today. We are from a perverted generation. And he's letting them know, how long will I be with you and put up with you? I'm not going to be here long. I'm not going to be here long. Jesus said this without there being any sin on his part. So they bring the boy to him, verse 42. While he was still approaching the boy, the demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into convulsions. Again, folks, realize it's the demonic power that is doing this. The demon is doing it. It's through no fault of what the young boy was doing in his life. Okay, It's, it's throwing him down, it's thrashing him about, it's convulsing him. So often when we hear about these kind of things, so often when we see these kind of things, folks, we want to uh, go into the default position of blaming the individual. Don't ever do that. Always keep in mind that this individual was created by the Most High God, was fashioned and formed within the womb, right? Fearfully and wonderfully made. It's demonic power that are messing with him. So he slams him to the ground, throws him in a convulsion. This thing is putting on a show, okay? Literally putting on a show. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. Look at the pattern here. Jesus rebukes the spirit. He tells him to quit doing that. And you say, well, that's Jesus. That doesn't happen today. You're dead wrong. As a matter of fact, if you're a true believer, you actually have the power and the authority to tell an unclean spirit to stop that this moment in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his blood, and those demons will stop doing it. If you believe. Why do you think Jesus started this off with a predicate, you unbelieve in a perverted generation? You've got to believe. You've got to believe. He actually tells this man, remember in the previous episode, you must believe. You must believe. He rebukes the spirit, and he heals the boy, gives him back to his father. Watch this, verse 43. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. They were all amazed at the greatness of God. See, folks, <laughs> this is what this is what attracts attention for God. You know, we try so hard to attract attention to get people to come to God, to get people to come. Uh, the big phraseology uh, in my environment is to get people to come to church. And if you've listened to many of these episodes, you know that I'm not real wild about that kind of phraseology. I'm far more interested in somebody coming into the kingdom coming into right relationship with the Lord, then, quote, coming to church. Now, I know what people mean by that. I do. And I try to be guarded and careful because I don't want to be uh, intentionally offensive. <laughs> okay? But look at this. They're amazed by the greatness of God. Now, remember what Jesus said. The world will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. 
if we love one another as true believers and as the body of Christ, and then if we do as Jesus told us to do, which is to do the things that he does, but even greater things, then we will have this right here, that people will be amazed at the greatness of God. Now, that's sort of where the account stops here in Luke, but not exactly. It sort of dovetails with something else. So let me go ahead and just read that little dovetail real quick, okay? If I can find it here. Where did I, I put that little dovetail thing? Here it is. <laughs> Luke 9:43. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. The verse continues. But while everyone was marveling at all that he was doing. So everybody's marveling, right? Jesus says this to his disciples. Let these words sink into your ears. For the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. So he's telling them, you need to listen carefully. The Son of Man, and by then they knew that was him, is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They had already been told that repeatedly. And he's telling them that now. But watch this, verse 45. But they did not understand this statement. For it was concealed from them so that they would not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this statement. That's interesting, isn't it? Why did Jesus say that? Why is he doing that? He's telling them and he's showing them and he's modeling for them how they're going to live, the power they're going to have, and what he's going to do. But he's also letting them know what's going to happen. But he's letting them struggle with this. They didn't understand. It was concealed from them. The Father didn't reveal it to them exactly what this meant. The Holy Spirit would reveal it to them later. After it was all resurrected and done, right? Well, again, we'll continue on the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.